Amen. Thank you. I'm going to pass something out before you start here, CJ. I have about uh, enough for everybody to have a half of one. So don't pour it, don't tear it in half. Just share with somebody. And uh, let me just talk to you for a moment. What it is, it's scriptures on the occult. Because we're going to be talking this morning about the occult, and it's much misunderstood. The very word occult, what does it mean? It means hidden or secret. And there are people that are interested in the supernatural, as is good, but sometimes it's not the supernatural of good, but the supernatural of evil. And the scripture has a lot to say about the occult. And so I want you to read this over, not, uh, not now, but uh, I sure encourage you to do it at some time. Now, here's the stance some people take toward the occult is that they hide. If I were to meet a witch, I would say, you're a witch. Let's talk. I wouldn't push myself back. I would say, uh, I'd like to share some things with you, and I'd like to hear from you. I'm going to tell you a little later about a uh, conversation I had this, just this week. So, Tim prayed for me. I'm going to pray for you. Deal? I'm going to pray that you will be filled with the Spirit, that you'd have good ears to hear. God wants to say something this morning to encourage us, to alert us, to help us. Father, would you give us your Holy Spirit now? Would you allow your Spirit to move in our midst and to enlighten us? We thank you for this little community that you bring together week after week. We thank you for the worship. Thank you for Bob. Thank you for the leading. Thank you for the freedom to love you and to be loved by you. Thank you that you are a Father. You're a God, but you're a Father. And you Father us today. And we can feel it. You, we can feel you. And we thank you for that. We pray for people who are in the occult. And we want them to see life from a different perspective. Not to be deceived, but to be open to the truth of God. We bless your holy name. We thank you for your word. Your word is truth. And that's enough for us. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Amen. Okay. So last week we talked about I know it's racial. Yes, the tension. If you if you try to just estimate how many people have been killed because of racial tension. It would be in the multiplied, multiplied millions. Every time it happens, it's all over the world. It has been since the start. Racial tension started right with the children of Adam. Tension. So we talked about racial tension last week. This week we're talking about the occult. 
and how we, how we deal with the occult. I was up in northern Minnesota, and uh, it was during the break, and a guy said to me, and he's a Christian, uh, not a new Christian, he says, so I was at this party, and my host said, uh, do you want your fortune told? And what would you have said? No, thank you. And he said, well, I guess it wouldn't hurt. And this person shook something and then began, began to tell me things about my past that I had forgotten. Was he impressed? He was very impressed. And then she told me some things about my future, predicted. So he said, was that good? Should I have done that? And I said, let's hold it and uh, ask me that question when we get back in our uh, class together. So we got back in, and I said, is Satan omnipotent? Is Satan omniscient? Is Satan omnipresent? None of the above. So does Satan know the truth? He knows bits of it, but he, can he predict the future? Well, he can predict some things. He knows more than we do, so he can be right part of the time, but he's not right all the time. Does he know the past? Yeah, he remembers the past. So he can say things that pull people in, and this guy was interested because he heard some things from a wrong source, and he was drawn in. Turn to Acts chapter 8. There are Bibles behind him. You need a Bible? Because we're going to just look at the Bible together. So I hope you have a Bible. Chapter 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city of Samaria. <laughs> to the, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. When they heard that, they grimaced because that was going to be hard for them. Philip, a Greek, was the first one to break in. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many. And many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in the city. Way to go, Philip. Way to go, God. Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in a city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all of the people, listen, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is the divine power known as the great power. They followed him because he had, here it goes again. This is the second time or three times the word amazed or astonished is going to be used. He had amazed them for a long time with his magic. I'm going to say four things this morning. The first thing I'm going to say is the supernatural amazes people. The reality that some of it is evil and it amazes people. The supernatural good amazes people, but the supernatural evil amazes people. You know how many books Harry Potter, that whole series is sold? It's by far the, the largest volume of books ever sold on a series of books, 400 million. 
People are fascinated by this boy who has trouble at home. And so he becomes, he goes to school to become a wizard. And it sounds innocent, but it is inviting people into a supernatural world that is demonic. And so we, with our literature and with our movies, Bewitched, we, we take the evil world, which is sinister and ungodly, and we make it fascinating, which it was, which it already is. The occult, it literally means hidden or secret. So there's an interest here in delving into this, and these people were interested, and they were delving in, it says all, high and low, so the intelligent and the not so intelligent, the rich and the poor, they're interested in the supernatural. It says they had followed him because he had amazed him with his magic. What's magic? Magic, it may be strictly deception, but it may have a supernatural origin. It often does. So that you'll see miracles like levitation. Hey, that, that can't happen, but it happens in front of your eyes. So they figure this must be okay because it's powerful. Or a, a spell is cast on someone and they get sick. Can that happen? Absolutely it can happen. It did happen and they were following Philip. There are four ways that Satan primarily uses to pull people away from the truth and into special enlightenment or self-fulfillment. Started in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, when Satan talked to Eve, pulling her away from believing and trusting in God to another source. There are only two sources, either the power of God or the power of Satan. And if it's not the power of God, it's going to be the power of Satan. He uses accusation, which leads to guilt and shame. He uses intimidation, which leads to fear. He uses temptation, which leads to sin. And he uses, what's the fourth? Deception. Most common in the New Testament, where deception is used far more than any of these other words. Satan wants to deceive. He wants to trick us. And so he tricks people. Billions are deceived now by the power of Satan because they don't know about the power of God. So the supernatural, first thing we want to say is that the supernatural impresses and amazes people. Do any of you know that? Have, have you seen it? Do you know people who have been lulled into witchcraft, into darkness because of their fascination with evil? Second thing. God wins the power encounter. Say it with me. God wins the power encounter. Let me, let me show you something. This is just pure physics. Is it dark inside this suitcase? How do you know? Okay. So I'm going to open it up if I can. Okay. Now, I open it up. Now, is it dark in there? What happened? Okay, I would have said it even simpler than that. Way to go. Light is aggressive. Darkness is defensive. 
It's just a physical reality. You open into the darkness. You open a closet door, and the darkness doesn't invade the light. You don't have darkness in the room. You've got light in the closet. It's not a fair fight. Light always wins against the darkness. And so here's a power encounter going on. Simon has got them, and now Philip joins, and he starts doing miracles, and everybody's impressed. Is Simon impressed? He's impressed. You remember when this happened back in Exodus? There was a power encounter, and Moses turned water into blood. What did the magicians do? Chapter 8 of Exodus, verse 7. But the magicians did the same thing by their secret arts. They also made frogs come up in the land of Egypt. How did they do that? Ultimately, it was demons. So, the end of chapter 8. All the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. But when the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, they could not. And the the gnats were on men and animals. The magicians said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. They realized there was only so far they could go, but God was doing it now, and they had to back off because God always wins the power encounter. Satan is no more than a convenient tool of God, and when God's done with him, he will be banished forever. And he knows that his time is short. He's panicking, the Bible says, because he knows he's running out of time. And so he's actually going to up his efforts in the last days and that's going to make some people scared, because, but he knows that his time is short. God wins the power encounter. If a witch moved in down the street, would I tell my kids to back off? I'd say, let's go bring her cookies, because I'd want to talk to her. Why? Because light wins. I'd want to find out what her experience is. Can you, can you come up, Andy? I'd want to find out what her experience is, and then I want to tell her my experience. Do you know that you know that occult people often have an intuitive intuitive sense for the supernatural which is what may predispose them to the supernatural it gives them an edge men and women and so Andy when he told me that he was working with a guy who's in the occult I said, can we meet together? And he arranged so that we met a few days ago, and uh, we had really a good talk. He was respectful, he was kind, he was humble, and he was into the occult. He had his charms, he had three of them on. And I said, tell me about those. So he told me about these charms. He gives them power. He prays for them so that they'll have power. He didn't bring all of them out of respect for me. What do you think of the of the time together? What what anything impressed you when we talked together? Yeah, it was a uh, it was just good for me to even be there to like see that interaction and to hear Paul's words, the way that he would like certain vocabulary that he would use. 
was pretty cool. Um, like there was one time when Paul basically was just like, we're at different places because like I have to like, this is what the word says and like I don't have an option. Like if this is what it says, this is what I got to believe. So it was really cool. He said, you probably think that I, I believe in demons. And I said, well, I don't have a choice in the matter because here it is. Here's, here's the book. I was careful not to put him down. I was careful not to disrespect him because he was very kind. You like the guy? Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's really cool. And it was just, it was, this interaction was cool because in our culture now there's so much of like gray area where everyone's opinions, you got to respect it and all this stuff. But it wasn't about your opinion. It was about this is what this says. And if I follow it, I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. This is a neat way to do ministry. But yeah, the guy is super kind. He is super genuine. He's hardworking. He's honest. And he, he's straight up. He tells you how it is. But at the same time, you see that he's conscientious about not disrespecting. He has demonic charms, and like Paul said, uh, out of respect, he chose not to bring him here for him. I was like, wow. Do you think he was moved at all? Oh, yeah. Um, he he kind of does this. He's kind of like, um, oh, this is interesting. But, nope, I'm still here. But, say more. But, nope, nope, this is what I still believe in. So you see a gravitational pull kind of slowly but surely, and then we went out and talked more, and Paul asked if, uh, I think he said, like, you know, you're welcome here, and maybe we'll talk again, and the guy's like, yeah, maybe we will. I think you'll meet him here. There was a draw in his heart. I could feel the draw, because I said, I feel God's presence, and I experience his love. He said, well, I feel it in a different way. I said, I understand. I know you do. I feel God. I said, if you knew that you could feel God's presence, would you be interested? You know what he said? Yes. See, he tried it as a boy. He tried Christianity, and there was no power. What does that say to us? We are people of power. We need to live the power. We need to pray for the power. We need to walk in the power. Anything more? He see it's interesting because he respects Christianity and thinks it's good and all this stuff, but um, he believes that uh, like these demons or immortals were given to us to enjoy. And so he even admitted, though, he said, he's like, it's possible that I could be deceived. I wouldn't know it if I was. Um, but it's just interesting how the light is having a pull towards him. It's kind of like some point in his life he got deceived, and now that the light is kind of being shined in, more and more. He's not there, but he's kind of taking steps of like, he's open to it instead of this closed off. He does not. He says, he says, I, I have seen the power of demons, but that's evil, and I don't want to go that way. He said, I want to be used to help people and heal people. I was blessed by that. See, he's got a wonderful heart. Yeah, did you want to I was I was actually uh, pointing past you, but uh, we'll 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 take that out. Uh, <laughs> what do you see that it does?
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think that's the case. I also think the witch of Endor, when they called up, they called up Samuel. It wasn't Samuel. It was demons impersonating Samuel because you cannot call up the dead. There's a, there's a chasm, uh, Luke 16, which some people think is a parable. It's not a parable. It, Jesus is telling about this man, Lazarus. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's, there's a chasm between the dead and the living. You can't call them up. Did you want to say something to him, Molly? Yeah, I, I discovered that too in what I read, that all these people don't believe in Satan. That there, are, there is a cult that believes in Satan, but some of them believe in God and believe that they are being used by God and, in fact, are, are being deceived. Thank you. Yeah, can I say one last thing with yeah. that? It's sharpening to be around that because he challenges your faith. Like there was a question he asked and said, if I could heal people, wouldn't that be a good thing if I used it for good? And so I, it really does make you think, well, man, if you can heal people, then is it evil? But, you know, kind of where are you getting your source from, you know? And so it just sets in all itself. So it was really cool. It sharpens you. And, uh, His name is Chad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a, it's a absolutely. Absolutely. Let's pray right now. Let's go ahead and, and uh, you lead. Father, we just uh, pray for Chad. We thank you for that uh, encounter, and we thank you. That is uh, the miracle of your presence coming, what happened in Acts chapter 8 and how this man Simon believed and uh, even though he he needed a lot of transformation but we we, uh, claim today that this Chad will be the same as Simon and and that he will be transformed by the truth of Jesus, by the, the power and the presence of of you working, Lord, in, in your people. So uh, even right now, we, we proclaim and claim that that would be done in his heart yeah. and that we would see him, yeah. as Paul said, yeah. in our midst. Yeah. In Christ's yeah. name, amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
Good point. Good point. Okay. The supernatural amazes people, number one. Number two, God wins power encounters. Number three, occult people are often open. Let me give you an example. The late John Paul Jackson went to Salem, Massachusetts. Why did he go? He, go, he went to build bridges, not to burn them. He went to talk to witches. They said, no one has ever talked to us like this from the Christian community. No one else has respected us like you're respecting us. What happened? 400 came to Jesus Christ. I asked him the next year, and I said, did you say 400? And he said, 400. 400 witches came to Jesus Christ because someone was willing not to, not to be afraid and to pull back. Now, I'm not saying be naive. I'm not saying there's, there's no problem here. I was praying the whole time. I was saying, Jesus, 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 just whispering Jesus to myself as I was, as I was uh, talking to him. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'd love to meet a witch flying somewhere, and I, I say I'm a pastor, and she says I'm a witch. Really? I'd be excited because in a power encounter, light always wins over the darkness. I'm not saying be naive, but you're a winner. You're not a loser. Occult people are often open. Most churches are not ready to receive these kind of people and to give them what they need to turn them to the light. It's surprising to us that Simon didn't resist because we're going to read later about Elymas, this guy who, who wasn't converted. He was uh, resistant. So I'm actually going on a witch hunt and... Uh, the purpose is not to find them and burn them, which is a, a real sadness in our history. Uh, turn, yeah, that's what we'll do. Good. So the fourth thing I want to say is that when we are saved, we carry baggage into our life in God. Simon was saved, but what happened? He had baggage from his previous life that needed to be dealt with. Don't be surprised at that. Salvation gives us a new start. Like C.S. Lewis said, it makes us new, not nice. We are new creatures, but we're not necessarily nice creatures. That's a process. We have salvation that brings us in by the new birth. Then we have what's called sanctification, which is a process of becoming who we are, of growing into the life of God that we've been made. The third step is glorification. When we become like Jesus, we see Jesus and we become like Jesus. So here is Simon, and he's got baggage. When Simon saw the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, give me also this ability. See, he's, he's amazed at the supernatural, and he's amazed enough. He wants it. There's something good in that, but there's also something really evil. Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you. Literally. And it, this is uh, translated... In the New Living, I mean, the Living Bible, go to hell. That's what he, he's saying. You're going you're gonna to go to hell with that kind of outlook. 
because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will give, forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. Here's what he has. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. So we're going to meet people that are broken. I'll bet you, you you could tell a lot of stories about, I'd like you to give your testimony here, one of these in, in the next few weeks. We'd like to share, uh, have you share that with us. A lot of people are broken, and what did they get from the church? They got rejection. They got shame. They got ridicule. What do we want to give them? The power to change them, love. We want to receive them. We don't want to receive them as if everybody's right. I told him clearly, as Andy said, this is the word of God, and I don't, I don't move away from the word of God. So he knew I had a standard. He didn't. He was, he was open to, to whatever. I see that you're full of bitterness and captive to sin. So what do we do with that? We love them, and we help them through to a new life. And John Paul Jackson had that so clear in mind that he brought them to the Lord. That blesses me. It, it makes me want to be like Philip and pray for the, the power of God to be in my life and then to help people. Anybody here find that there are things from your past that are holding you back still? Raise your hand if, you're, if there are things in your past that are holding you back. My hand is up. My hand up. I know there are things from the past that have some impact on me, that have some, some situations that I've encountered. And so we need Bob and Linda to do this uh, RTF, restoring the foundation. We need to be built up. We need counseling. We need prayer ministry. We need whatever can help us to grow in this sanctification so that we can be, become the people that we're called to be. I hope you can look at the scriptures. We didn't give too many other scriptures about the occult. It's throughout the scripture. It was really strong uh, among the Egyptians. It was strong with Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel, you know who he was encountering? He was encountering magicians. He was encountering sorcerers, and they couldn't come up with the answer. God sure did. So he won. He had greater wisdom. He had greater power. So it, it's throughout the Bible. We just haven't talked a lot about it. So, Father, we acknowledge that the church has, has often not been able or willing to care for these people who wanted the light and chose artificial light, an angel of light that deceived them because what they were experiencing in the church, like our brother, friend Chad, wasn't doing it for them. We pray that we would only be enamored by your love and by your power. And that, God, we could walk more deeply into the real, into the life that you offer us and into the power. We believe that we're called to do miracles. We're called to heal people. God, we're, we're sorry there's something in us that's not in you that, that, that hasn't happened much yet. 
but we pray it would. And we pray that by your grace, you would use this community here to bring light to the dark places. And today we say especially where we encounter the occult, we want to be bold, light-bearing witnesses of Jesus Christ. <coughs> Amen. Yeah, Molly? Come up here. You might, you might be the connection. You might, this might be one of the reasons why God brought you to us. When she gave her testimony years ago, did any of you hear it? <coughs> any of you have heard it? It's a powerful testimony of coming out of darkness into light. And now, where, why are you going there? Um, so it's medieval combat with foam weapons. It's about 12 Belagas um, foam fighting. And I did it before I was Christian. And... Um, in college and everything, and actually somebody witnessed me there before I was a believer, um, and like you said, like, like he basically asked me everything I knew about Wicca, mm -hmm. um, and I told him, and it, that took like half hour, 45 minutes, and then he said, can I share with you what I think, and he was Christian, and me and him could talk all night about what he thought, so I realized, wonderful? you know, mine had an end to what I believed, but his was like a long time, so... Yeah, so anyway, I just want to, like, um, be in the right place at the right time, you know, for people. And a lot of people at these events are, you know, running from their lives and seeking and whatever. There's a lot of craziness that goes on there, but anyway. Isn't there a lot of <laughs> brokenness? Isn't that yep. one of the reasons? Wouldn't you say that's one of the reasons people go into it because their lives are broken? And haven't many of them tried the church? So, um, many have. Yep, some have, and a lot, you know, even that are raised Christian or got you know, disenchanted with it for whatever reason, and yep. yep. <laughs> I'm really glad you're going. It'd be good if you could go not alone. Are, I know. <laughs> is there anybody going with you? Nope. Nope. And <laughs> when is this? Next weekend. When When do you go? Friday. Are you going to be, is it a weekend or just, mm. are yep. you going to be, you yep. go somewhere? Is it here yep. in the no, city? No, it's, um, this one's northern Iowa, just a couple hours away. Uh-huh. So. Friday night, Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. A couple of you come up here and let's let's pray for Molly. This is really, really wonderful for her willingness to, to uh, reach out to these people. Yes, yes. That'd be good.
Amen. Amen. Good. Thank you, Molly. I, and we do hope that you can have someone to go with you on the weekend. What time is it now? Friday, all, all weekend. All, all weekend. Uh, Laura prayed for discernment. Uh, as a pastor in California, I, I was sometimes called to homes and I would take a man with me that had a real gift of discernment. I, I went once to the home of a dentist uh, up in Palos Verdes who was sharing with me about an experience that he had. He was so excited about it. And I was praying for discernment, and the Lord said, this, is, this was an angel of light. It was, dark, it was a dark spirit rather than light spirit. Now, why would, why would Satan do that? To lead people astray so that he gets the attention rather than God and, and will, will be quiet and settle for a while, but then find themselves, this person find themselves trapped. So he was open to accept the possibility. He was very hard on him because he was, he was embarrassed, of course. But uh, just because someone has an experience with a light doesn't mean it's good to be an angel of light. Okay, let's, uh, I'm going to give the benediction to you. Any other questions on this subject here? I, I'm sure uh, I'll take those three, and then uh, you were first, then uh, Ann, and then Steve. Is it related? Oh, I know what you're going to ask me. Thank you. We have communion. You know, sometimes I forget. Uh, if, uh, if, if you could ask me afterwards, uh, unless you think it's, everybody needs to hear it.
Yeah, you don't mess with it. As a young person, there's too much games going on, too many games. There's Ouija boards, there's horoscopes, there's seances, which literally means uh, sitting, where you're supposed to be contacting the dead. What you're calling up is demons. It's not, you can't mess with that because uh, you can't call up dead people. They're gone. But some people want to find out how their dead people are doing. And so they'll have a seance, and you get a person to come in. What's that person called? A medium that will help you make a connection with the dead. That's a lie. And so kids that are, uh, that are not ready to handle it in a mature way should just not mess with it at all. And if we should not read the books. We should not watch the movies because it's, it's Satan in pajamas. And it will, it's laughable. And so we get to think it's, it's, it's fantasy. There's nothing to it. So we can enjoy it. No, you cannot enjoy it. It'll kill you. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's, his, that's uh, what Jesus declared to be his purpose. Here's our answer. The blood of Jesus, the power of God. Come in here. Satan, Satan wanted more. He had something he wanted more. Jesus had it all and gave it up freely. It's incredible. He counted not equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. And then it goes on to say, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. What's the last phrase? Even death on the cross. The lower you go, the higher you get. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name. That's the name of Jesus. That's the name. That's the name. That causes demons to shudder. That causes the power of darkness to shudder. The name, the powerful name of Jesus. Take a moment now just to look inside. Not time for condemnation, but it's a time for inspection, for examination. To look in your heart, confess any known sin. So that as the Bible says, you can drink it in a worthy way. So we just take a moment. Lord, we acknowledge this morning that we are easily tripped up by sin and by Satan. We're easily enhanced by to, to go into dark places. We don't want to do that. We want to uh, walk in the light as you are in the light so that we can have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So we remember how our Lord Jesus Christ in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup and when he had supped and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is a new covenant in my blood given for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we invite you to come and take the, the bread and the juice and then we'll drink it together when everyone has some.
so thankful that we had Holy Communion this morning. It's a wonderful way to finish talking about the power of the occult and the problems in the occult. Let ourselves be washed in the, in the blood of Christ and strengthened for what he's called us to do. And so the body of our Lord Jesus Christ and his precious blood strengthen you and keep you steadfast unto life everlasting. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father.